You are listening to the Montgomery Leadership Community Podcast. This episode is from our gathering on November 4th with a special emphasis on the intersection of money and mission. Thanks for listening. Well, first of all, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to be here today. And today's going to be a little bit different, and I'm sort of calling it a special edition of Leadership Community, in that today we're going to be talking about how the mission of helping people find their way back to God and money, uh, something that you know really we don't typically talk about, uh, go hand in hand, and how we as leaders and, and key influencers can set the pace. And, and right off the bat, now I want to start with a scripture that I think will sort of help set the tone and, and answer the question of why. You know, why are we taking a, a leadership community to specifically talk about mission and money? And in Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, Jesus is telling a parable that we know as the Great Banquet. And on the surface, it, it sort of sounds like it's just a big dinner party, but at the heart of it, it's really a story about helping people find their way back to God and doing everything possible to ensure that, in Jesus' words, that my house will be full. And Jesus tells a story about a guy who throws a banquet, and one by one, you know, all of his friends and neighbors that he invited, they start to cancel, come up with excuses. Uh, they say they're coming, and then at the last minute, they back out. And Jesus says the guy throwing the banquet gets angry, and he basically tells everyone to just go out uh, and invite everyone and anyone they can find living on the, on the streets, you know, the poor, the blind, the lame, the crippled, uh, to go, you know, look behind everywhere they can go to, to find someone to invite. And so the invitation ends up getting sent out to even more people and, and more and more people show up. And so it's a, it's a parable about a banquet, but Jesus is actually referring to the banquet that he's throwing in heaven, how he wants it to be full, uh, standing room only. And if you're reading Luke 14, it's in, in its entirety, you know, the next few paragraphs almost seem like a different story or a different conversation altogether, but actually they're the conclusion to this banquet story. And Jesus tells his followers that following him is a decision that should be considered uh, carefully. You know, it should not be taken lightly. And like the original invitees to the banquet, you know, they were quick to say yes, but when other demands and opportunities came up, you know, they canceled, they bailed on Jesus. And in response, here's what Jesus says in verse 28. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money? to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able uh, with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. And this continuation of the banquet story is told in a parable or parables, but both parables are really about counting the cost and just saying to us that Following Jesus is not something that can be taken lightly. It should be considered carefully and, and requires of each of us to count the costs 
and to make those adjustments in our lives to, to make sure that Jesus is true for us and to make sure that he's our priority. And that's true individually, but it's also true for us collectively as a church family. Now, our mission is, is always going to be to help people find their way back to God. And, and those words of Jesus, I think, apply not only individually, but also to us collectively. Collectively, as a church, it's important for us to count the cost. And so the question is, what, what is the cost to help people find their way back to God? What's the cost to ensure that the banquet is full? And, you know, I'm, there's many things that could be counted when it comes to mission, but we thought it was, was appropriate uh, to just have a, a, an honest conversation about money specifically. And you may not know this, but October 1 was the start of our fiscal year. And we're here, you know, just completing the first month of our fiscal year. And, and let me just say right, you know, right at the outset that, that I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm excited about what God is going to accomplish in and through us this year. And just a couple of things that I'm really excited about. Uh, this time a year ago, com- compared to this time a year ago, we have, uh, we have 30% more adults showing up every week, uh, here at Community in Montgomery. And so that's about, it's about 35 adults are showing up, uh, more than 35 more adults than last year at this same time. Uh, we have had about 16, uh, not about, we've had 16 baptisms uh, this year. And last year we had six. And so people are finding their way back to God. People are celebrating with us more frequently. They're getting connected in groups more frequently. And, you know, I think all of us in this room would say, yes, we know God is moving in some powerful ways. And, uh, you know, as leaders, people who, you know, we, we set the pace uh, I thought it was important that we just have this conversation to count the cost about how money and mission intersect. And so there's just three things that I want to cover uh, this afternoon. Uh, first is I want to spend some time talking about where we're at and where we need to be. And again, you as the leaders, if there ever was a group uh, to to talk this over with, it's you guys, because uh, you are the you are the people who set the pace and we have a saying around here, speed of the leader, speed of the team. And that applies to you. Secondly, I want to really challenge every one of us, myself included, to grow in the grace of giving. That's something the Apostle Paul uh, talked about. And third, uh, I just want to say thank you. And I'm actually going to start with thank you and sort of go in reverse. But I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you uh, for giving of your time, your talents, your treasures. Uh, for, you know, nothing really happens here without uh, leaders working together to move the mission forward. And so I, I want to say thank you for giving your time. Thank you for giving your, your, your talents and your treasures. And I really want to kind of single out uh, a couple of people and just brag on them really quickly. And, and we get to do that. You know, I get to do that from time to time. And, and I want to do that today uh, here in this gathering. One is, uh, you know, we have a couple of guys, Jerry, uh, who's here. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Houts is, you know, oftentimes uh, I get here on Sunday mornings about seven o'clock and, and usually I'll see Jerry outside. Uh, sometimes he's already here uh, when I pull in the parking lot. Uh, but oftentimes Jerry is outside, you know, clearing the sidewalk or, or cleaning something 
up in front of the, the entrance before, uh, really before anyone else gets here. And it, it's a real behind the scenes act of service, but it's important. And uh, when someone walks in for service that day, the sidewalk is clear, uh, usually because Jerry gets here early and he often brings his own equipment to clear off the sidewalk. And, but that, the, that makes a great first impression. And, and Rich Began, you know, Jerry and Rich, uh, you may not know this, but Jerry and Rich are often up here at the building during the week, uh, either repairing something or making something you know, look more visually appealing. Uh, and just this last week, they were in the auditorium uh, staining the, the, wood, the wooden arches in our auditorium, making them look better. And I never asked them to do anything. They really just take the initiative on their own uh, to just do whatever needs to be done. And uh, that's, that's something that I'm very grateful for. And they are just an important part of our team uh, here at Community. Another person I want to brag on is, is Kathleen. Now, Kathleen, um, uh, Kathleen has, has only missed, in, in the last year, I asked her this question, uh, of how many times has she missed, uh, she's one of our Stuco leaders, how many times has she missed Stuco in the last year? She said one. She's only missed Stuco one time. Now, Kathleen is also contributing in, in other areas. She's a part of Connections, uh, our women's small groups on Tuesday night. Uh, she is also part of our arts team. And so, you know, there are some weeks that Kathleen is here on Tuesday, Wednesday, and even Thursday nights, all contributing uh, for things that are happening, and so, uh, and all as a volunteer, and so, so Jerry and Rich and Kathleen are, are just a couple of examples of uh, of people that are just going above and beyond to move the mission forward. And so, I wanted to say thank you. The rest of you, I wanted to say thank you for what you're doing as well. And also, we want to show our appreciation to you in that uh, we have a a contributor appreciation dinner on Friday night, December 14th, uh, 6 p.m. here at the church. And it's just going to be a catered dinner. And it's going to be a great time together. Uh, so I hope all of you uh, will be able to make it uh, on December 14th. Uh, so I also wanted to, to spend some time talking about where we're at and where we need to be. Uh, now, most people, when they see uh, when they see the program, they see just a snapshot like this picture uh, that I'm showing you right here of, uh, you know, our, our weekly budget. And it gives kind of a, a picture of, of our weekly budget and what, where we need to be. Uh, but it doesn't really tell the whole story. And, and, uh, and so I, I just wanted to give you a snapshot. Our, our weekly uh, goal for this year, excuse me, our, our yearly goal, uh, where we need to be this year is 329000 now, last year, our fiscal year ended uh, September 30th, and, and so our, our, our number for last year, where we landed, was about 280000 uh, So for this next year, we need to be at 329000 Now, you know, some of you are already doing the math. Uh, that's, you know, $49,000, and, uh, and that's where we need to be uh, to be able to continue to do uh, all the things that we that we want to do. Um, now, some of you might ask the detailed question of, you know, okay, how do you arrive at that 
329,000? Or, or how is that 329,000 uh, broken up? Again, these are things we don't publish in the program, uh, so most people don't, don't really know, but as leaders, uh, it's important, I think, for you to, to get a scope of our financial picture. Uh, of that 329,000, 57% of that is allocated to staffing. That is right in the range for healthy churches. Um, as some of that staff is here, you know, that's staff that's here at Montgomery that you see all the time. That's also staff that you don't see. Uh, there are a lot of things that happen behind the scenes by a team of people that uh, make sure that we're successful on a weekly basis that you just never see. Uh, so that staffing is both here at Montgomery and also uh, people that are part of our staff that, that don't necessarily uh, show up every week. You don't necessarily see their face, but they're doing a lot of work uh, for us behind the scenes. About 23% of that goes towards operations. That's basically ministry dollars. You know, that is, that's dollars that we're spending uh, to move the mission forward, to serve uh, people. And uh, so that's 23% of our, of our ministry dollars. Uh, we are very fortunate to have a very low capital and facility costs. So that, that percentage is about 10% of our, of, our, uh, of our number, of our budget goal. Uh, so again, we own this building and we're fortunate to ha not have a very high capital uh, cost. Uh, we also have about 10%. Every location allocates 10% to new endeavors. That's new locations, uh, new churches uh, that we help start. And you're a part of that. And so, uh, for example, this last year when we were able to launch the Downers Grove location, uh, every one of you uh, and all of our attenders were a part of helping Downers Grove um, be successful and, and to launch. So, you know, you, you hear this and, and one question you might have is just honestly, okay, you know, how are we making up the gap? You know, there's about a $50,000 gap. How are we making that up? And the response to that is, you know, because we are a part of a, a multi-site church, you know, when we are short in our, in our budget, in our goal, uh, other locations uh, help to make up the gap. And so this last year, you know, when we were short, uh, other locations, you know, basically stepped in and, and filled in the gap. And, uh, and so we're very fortunate to be, uh, to be a part of, of a multi, uh, multi-site church where, where that happens. And, but, you know, of course, that's not sustainable. And so as we think about this next year and our goal of 329,000, uh, you know, it's not a long-term solution to, you know, continue to have other locations uh, step in and fill the gap. Our goal is that we would be financially uh, sustainable uh, ourselves as our own location uh, so that we can be uh, generous and so that we can move the mission forward. Uh, so that's, that's where we're at and where we need to be in this next year. And the third thing is, is just really challenging us to grow in the grace of giving. And, you know, Paul says uh, he's writing to a group of Christ followers in Corinth. And, and he, he's encouraging them to grow in the grace of giving. And it's apparent in that, in that text that the church was growing just like gangbusters, just growing numerically. And, uh, and they, were, they were just, they were maturing in Christ, 
But as I read this text, it, I get the impression that they were sort of growing a, a bit disproportional. Um, I, I get the impression that the, the spiritual discipline of generosity was not really keeping pace with the rest of their growth. And he says to them in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7, But since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in the, in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And then he says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Now, the earnestness of others that Paul is referring to is the church in Macedonia. And apparently the church in Macedonia heard about a kingdom need. And when they heard about a kingdom need, Paul says that uh, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability uh, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Now, you know, I'm not sure what it means to give beyond one's ability or if that's even a wise thing. Uh, so I'm just going to leave that alone. But, uh, but, and I'm maybe I'm, I'm sure you're relieved, but but I am, uh, I am a huge fan of, of everyone taking time to hear from God on their own and, and then really viewing their generosity as a spiritual discipline and, and also as a privilege. You know, the Macedonians, what I think is so amazing, they were, they were almost beg, they were begging for the privilege of participating in the generosity to meet a kingdom need. And uh, so what I'm, I'm asking for uh, today is really, you know, that we would... Uh, we would, uh, every one of us would consider uh, the part that God wants us to play in meeting the kingdom need. You know, I mentioned uh, we have about a $50,000 gap. And so, so I'm really asking that we prayerfully consider how we might play a part in meeting that need. And, and really just three ways that we might respond uh, today. And, and the first way is that we, that we might, uh, maybe the response is that we begin to tithe. You know, to begin giving 10% of, of our household income. And I just want to share with you, when, when Megan and I first got married, one of our first decisions was that we were going to give 10% of our household income uh, back to God. And no matter the circumstance, and uh, I've shared this story before, but when we moved to Chicagoland that first year, we were, you know, we were, I was raising my own salary and, and Megan had, you know, got a job. And, uh, but there were times during that first year where, you know, things were really, really tight and we weren't sure, honestly, you know, what the next month was going to look like. But we, we always made a decision to maintain and be faithful with that tithe, with that 10%. And it's, quite honestly, one of the best, maybe the best decision that we have made as a married couple. And so, and maybe that's your response today, that you would begin to trust God with 10% of your, of your income and grow in the grace of giving. Now, another perspective, another uh, response uh, would be to hear from God in, in a way that, that giving becomes the first thing that you do. And also as a faith builder, you know, that, um, for example, if you were to set up an online gift where, you know, the first thing that comes out of a paycheck uh, weekly or twice a month or however frequently you're paid, you know, the first thing you do is give back to God. And, and also that that gift is a stretch amount, you know, an amount that, you know, you say, OK, this this is going to help me to grow in my faith and in God's uh, provision. And this looks different for everyone. 
Uh, but maybe a good place to start for you is that you might, uh, you might set a goal to give double or, or twice what you gave the previous year. And that would certainly be a faith builder. And a third perspective is that, you know, especially if, if you're already tithing, uh, would be to give beyond a tithe. And uh, this is something that, uh, you know, Megan and I, uh, for the last couple of years, have sought to, um, to look at, you know, r- really take a look at our generosity every year, to come back to it and have a conversation and really ask ourselves the question of, of how can we grow in our generosity this next year? Because it's not something that just, you know, we decide one time and then it's done. Uh, it's something I think we've got to revisit every year to continually ask ourselves, you know, are, are we growing in this area? And so, so this next year, uh, Megan and I, you know, we, we, we've had a conversation. We've spent some time praying about it. Uh, we made a decision to move from, from 12 to 13 uh, percent in our generosity. And I don't share this with you uh, to, uh, for any other reason than just to, um, to be transparent with you, uh, because I'm, I'm asking you to do something that I'm not asking you to do something that I'm, I'm not doing myself. And so, uh, so, so that's the reason just to encourage you in that. Uh, so these are kind of three perspectives on generosity, you know, again, not commands, uh, scripture talks about God loving a cheerful giver and, uh, you know, someone who's excited for the opportunity to grow, uh, to stretch their faith. And so th- these are just three perspectives that you might have as a way to respond uh, to this. And so my ask of you is that you would consider one of these three responses. Uh, and then between now and the end uh, of, of November, uh, you would take some time to hear from God, to count the cost about how you might be able to grow in the grace of giving, and then respond specifically uh, in one of those three ways and that you know, would reflect, uh, reflect your commitment and response to this. Uh, so uh, that's my encouragement to you. Um, I am excited about what God has in store for us in this next year. Uh, he is doing some amazing things, and, and the best is yet to come for, for this location in Montgomery. And again, thank you for leading. Thank you for serving well. Thank you for loving people. Uh, you guys are the engine behind everything that happens here, and, uh, and I'm truly grateful to be serving uh, and, and, and faithfully moving the mission forward with you. Uh, so thank you for listening.